Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, everybody. We are Matt and Kevin, and welcome to Season 2 of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also find us on social media at Believe in OWL and Believe.com. This week, we break down the grand finals, share our thoughts on the future of the league, and explore this year's Halloween event. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to week, what is it? How, what week is this? I don't even for, know. For us? Is. Yeah, for us. 36. We're oh, my week God. Week 36, 36 of, of, this, of this season for the Overwatch League, and we are, we are wrapping it up with that 36th week. Oh, boy. It's been a lot of – it's been a long time this season. Yeah, it, it was this as well as, like, uh, you know, the NBA – um, just prolonged seasons. We're never going to have another season like this, obviously. Um, I hope not. <laughs> I hope not, obviously. But, like, it it took over a year to really get everything together again. Um, we saw what happened. You know, the NBA usually ends their season in, like, June. And they just finished it in October. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> Yeah, we're only like four months behind. No big deal. Uh, <laughs> they got yeah, it done. We we got it done. That's all that matters. Oh man! So did you watch the games during your twenty four hour stream? So I I couldn't watch it on stream because I didn't want to get you know striked by the Overwatch League. So what oh. I did is I watched the live. Uh, I watched the live feed of a little bit of it, but like. You know, it started at four, and that's hour like eighteen for me. So I started like losing it a bit. So um, for the most part, I was just keeping track of like who who was winning what map uh, for the grand final. Um, and yeah, I was just watching. I I caught a couple of the other maps as well. Like there's just some that I was just like, okay, yeah, I definitely have to tune in for this. Uh huh. Um. So going into, before we like break everything down, um, this is the first time really since the beginning of the season that we're seeing the APAC region and the NA region clash together. Like seeing those different strategies and and comps and preferences and styles go up against each other. um, There there were definitely certain things that were noticeable between the regions. Anything that you picked up on, Kevin? Yeah, it was just a lot of fun watching these two teams or like watching the two regions finally clash. There's not a lot of times where you can say like, oh, we're learning about, you know, why why are these two teams considered the best of their region? And then seeing the, the difference in mentality and play style, um, it's just really interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch any of the Philly Fusions matches because I uh, I, I didn't really feel the need to but something that i really noticed was 
um, speaking on terms of their um, their compositions, the uh, the NA region liked playing the Zenyatta a lot more, whereas the uh, APAC region was definitely more towards the Ana. Um, I feel I feel like that that's a very it's very interesting between to see the different strategies they're running because I feel with that. Um, the APAC region is very much interested in the utility that Ana provides, whereas the uh, North American region is focusing more on the escape of the trance and the um, the burst damage that you can get with um, both Zenyatta's range and the Discord orb. Yeah, it's literally a mix of two different things. Like once again, you stated the uh, the utility that Ana gives is insane, especially. Um, during a meta that a lot of people were going into it thinking it's going to be another Roadhog meta. Um, and on occasion, we did see it. But, like, the Ana is really good against that. Um, but what the Zen really provides is that Discord orb. And that's the aggressive playstyle that, like, NA is known for doing. Um, it's something that, like, it goes back to, like, even some other games, too. Like, I know in Dota, um, a lot of... Eastern teams will play kind of slow and methodical. Like they'll they'll think about their play and then they'll try to execute. And if it doesn't work, they just scrap it and try to go again, right? Um, when it comes to like NA teams or EU teams, it's more like okay, we'll we'll get full aggressive and we'll die trying. Like it's okay if we die trying. At least we're giving it like a hundred and ten percent when we go in. Um, and and that's just kind of the mentality um, difference that we saw here. It's like SF is like pure aggressive um, and Philly ran the same thing versus like the slower play of uh, Shanghai and Seoul. Like it's not 100% slow, but it's just like more thought out. Right. As far as tanks go, both sides were pretty much running the same things. Like we saw mostly it was the uh, Roadhog and the Sigma a lot of the time. There was an occasional diva and Hammond, depending on the the situation, the map, and time banker. If you're trying to um, to stall out or touch, but the, another difference was in their DPS line. Whereas, like generally, it was pretty consistent on the Hanzo, or if you needed like a tracer for um, for some quick fights. But a difference that was in between the APAC and the NA regions was that second sniper. I feel like the NA region preferred the Widowmaker a lot more. Um, again, for that, that really quick headshot kill damage. Whereas the, um, again, the, the APAC region utility, they were picking Ash a lot more for the, um, the, the, the damage you can get with the dynamite, the Bob, you still have a decent amount of range with Ash uh, with, with the, um, her coach, not her coach gun, her rifle, plus the uh, mobility of the coach gun. So um, I feel like it's it's symptomatic of the same mentality and strategy. Yeah, once again, like there is a lot of difference between Ash and Widow. Um, they they do play at technically different ranges, um, but if you have the support of a Mercy on on an Ash, you just get a lot more out of it um, than you would normally think. So it's really interesting to see everything uh, get played through. What what comp strategy do you think, just looking at them on paper, not not considering uh, the results of the actual grand finals, but looking at them on paper, what do you think is a better composition? 
Mm. Like it uh, is really rough uh, to think about. Um, I do like, honestly, I love Ash a lot more. Just a personal pick because you have the spread damage and Bob counts as a, you know, a seventh man to contest. Um, When it comes to Widow itself, there's not a lot of offensive pressure you're applying um, Mm -hmm. when you use it at a certain time. Like, if you use it before a fight, it's good because it gives you information, which a lot of Widows now know to... You pop it early so you know where they're at so that they either have to wait or they have to give you the information that they're going a certain way. Um, But honestly, like, there's so much more pressure that you create with Bob and Ash... Um, in my personal opinion, versus with Widow. Um, yes, you lose out on the potential to one-shot something, but at the same time, you have to take them one-on-one. You you don't have... You can take on more than one person at a time when you're playing, um, when you're playing Ash. Yeah. And that's just the way how I see it. Um, and then, in terms of the, the support line, obviously, the, the amount of damage that is outputted... Um, by Zen versus Ana um, is a little different, but also Zen is a lot more vulnerable cons- uh, in comparison to Ana that has a whole kit. Um, like Zen doesn't have an escape. Yeah, Zen doesn't have an escape or a way of stopping a dive um, on himself. So um, the thing that it did provide, though, that I liked coming out of the NA teams a little bit more is Zen was kind of like their... Um, their answer to like whole hog or um, gravitic flux it gives them that out um, meanwhile like when you are playing against like an ana like you don't really have those options to stop a whole hog unless you land your sleep dart uh, which you know good Anas will do but um, it's more of a safety net and a stall tactic as well um it's just a, once again it's always about the difference of mentality and the way how they want to play it yeah also when you're when you've got violet on the zen he also technically functions as another sniper <laughs> oh yeah like you may think he, he's a support guy whatever but um it, it's not it <laughs> he if you if you ignore somebody for too long they become red and especially when it's a uh, when it's somebody like Violet who's just constantly outputting damage, you forget how much you're taking. Like how much, how much damage you're actually taking when you're not paying attention to him. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Okay, so jumping into the actual schedules of the games, day one, we had the Dynasty versus the Shock and the Fusion versus the Dragons. The Dynasty lost to the Shock two to three. And the fusion lost to the dragons 0 and 3. Um, so the dynasty and the fusions dropped down to the lower bracket. Um, but looking, I, I watched the dynasty versus the shock because spoiler spoiler alert, uh, this was a a precursor to the finals match. So um, they started on Oasis, then moved to Hollywood, Volskaya, Havana, and edit on Busan. Um, these were uh, first to three. So this went down to the wire. Um, Shock took the first map on Oasis. Uh, it was a lot of very, very scrappy fighting. Um, I feel like on this, on the second point on City Center, 
Um, what was most, I think that what the shock did the best was they were coordinated and they were able to make plays in a very clean and calculated manner. Whereas for the dynasty, their strength was their, their alt usage and their ability to stall. Um, they got very scrappy and they spread out the fighting a lot, um, which at times prevented the shocks uh, coordinated clean play. But in the end, like the shock as a team, I think are better. So they were able to, um, to maintain their dominance throughout moving on to Hollywood. So the shock also won Hollywood. Um, the dynasty were able to get some good initial holding when the shock were attacking, but um, what they're not, what the shock are good at is getting a lot of momentum off of their kills. And what the dynasty were not good at was holding that and, and preventing them from continuing. Um, same thing on the uh, the dynasties attack. The, uh, the the dynasty weren't able to to push through that choke to to really get any progress on the point. They had no good pushes. The shocker are are the shocker confident after their last round win. Plus, um, Ons is a, a, a an amazing sniper. So being able to push through that choke is really is really difficult against a team like the shock. Uh, moving to Volskaya, the Dynasty actually get their first win here. Um, this is their first victory on the match. This is the first time the Shock has lost on Volskaya all season. Um, and what changed here is instead of kind of playing in little fights all around the map and kind of playing um, a little bit more passively, a little more reactively, the Dynasty are playing a lot more aggressive and coordinated here. Um, they get a really good aggressive push on first point. And from there, they build up their ultimates. They're able to snowball, move to a uh, point two and just take it through sheer force of ults and snowball and momentum. Um, after that, the, uh, the shock weren't able to really uh, to, to replicate that on their attack. Uh, the shock tried some interesting flanking throughout the map at the very beginning. Um, the, the dynasty were able to stabilize. The shock eventually did get that point, but um, at, at, by now the uh, the dynasty are getting kind of into a groove where they understand that the shock are trying to do their best to focus down gesture and then use that opening. So there was a lot of support on gesture, a lot of good ults used to make space and prevent the shock from getting their aggressive push. And that's why they won there. Havana was interesting because it was a full hold for the uh, the the dynasty. The dynasty were able to uh, to cap it with 15 seconds. Again, um, the dynasty go aggressive here. Whenever the dynasty are going aggressive, the shock have a hard time responding because they're not. I, I don't think they're they're used to the way that an Asian team plays with the aggression. Fits and gesture are are doing a lot of really good work gesture with the burst kills fits getting a lot of really good um, backline sniper angles to uh, prevent pushes from having any effect. And then the shock just kind of looked limp. They didn't get past the first point. Um, I think that really woke them up and made them angry because on Busan, they won it in two and it just did. It looked nothing like the shock the round before on Havana. They just utterly stomped and decimated the uh, Soul Dynasty. So that was that was day one. Now moving on to day two, 
Um, the, the the Asian teams were playing a lot today. So the yeah. Shock versus the Dragons was a 3-2 in favor of the Shock. So the Shock have secured their place in the finals. Um, the Dynasty versus the Fusion, that's a 3-0 again in favor of the Dynasty. So the Fusion have lost every single round and unfortunately are going home. I expected a little bit better from them. Uh, I didn't watch their matches, so I didn't see how close it was just because there was so much to watch and not enough time to watch it all. But props to the Fusion for having made it this far. Um, they have experience now. They know, hopefully know what works and what doesn't work. Hopefully next season they can continue how strong they were. They had the best record in the NA region. Um, but going up against the, uh, the forces of the other teams, it just it wasn't enough. And then the Dynasty versus the Dragons was a 3-2 to two to, uh, which was surprising to me, knock the Dragons out of the tournament. Things that I want to like highlight specifically is if we consider back, we're, we're going to go like full boomer. We're going to put on our powdered wigs and talk about our back in the caps. day. Tricorn caps. Yeah. So if you look at these teams and who they have, the Dragons are like the newest iteration of any of these teams. Like we obviously we didn't see the Dragons, you know, do well season one. They they started showing up a little bit uh, in season two, a little bit, but like obviously this season they really took off. The Shock were there since season two. It's like almost the same roster. Obviously, we lost Sinatra um, and a whole bunch of you know some of the other core players that we had in season two. But the Shock are the Shock. The Soul Dynasty are essentially an upgraded version of what the London Spitfire were in season one. If you look back at it, they saw gesture and profit. Okay. Like those guys did an insane amount of damage back when they were on the London Spitfire. So when they got traded over here, um, yeah, the team was looking really busted on paper. Um, and they were really proving that. And the fusion are pretty much, you know, the same old guys team that they've had since the beginning. Um, so it's really fun to like watch these teams go head to head again. Um, like whenever I saw the dynasty versus the fusion, I was like, yo, this is just season one grand finals all over again. <laughs> just slightly different, different meta, more characters. Like that's what it was. So I was expecting once again, the dynasty fusion game to be a lot closer, but it was kind of fun to like, feel like you were rewatching those old like matches from back in the day. Right, right. And that's, that's what I really liked about watching the, uh, the Soul Dynasty. It's, you're seeing people like Prophet and Gesture who back in... I, I remember like watching them back in the first time I went to the Overwatch arena. It's like these guys are, are technically still at the top of the game. Like They may be old, but they're not out. Exactly. And it's just showing like how much their experience really like solidified when they came over here. Mm -hmm. um, well, like you, not only that, you saw Bedosin, who's still on that team, um, and Toby, Toby and Marvel. Like these guys have been around forever. Um, so it is just like an old person gang, like getting back together. But like when you look at it, you're like, this is like the best parts of the original Soul Dynasty. And you know, the London Spitfire put together and this is what they can bring to the table. So I was really happy to see some of these rivalries start, you know, 
once again start to get re-sparked. Mm-hmm. So shock the dragons, Kevin. Uh, take take it away, because th- this is this is your team. This actually gave a little bit of heart attack. Not gonna lie. Um, so so did, so did the game before. Uh, like all these games were stupidly close for like for the road to get to the grand finals was not an easy path. Like you could look at the scoreline and it, it just says that right off the bat. Um, so the the first map was Oasis. The way how like I, I saw this being broken down is on Oasis. Um, it was like the first point super intense. There was just so many like point flips. There was, it was just constantly contested. Um, and I was like, you know what? This is, this is fine. Um, the way how it's being played out right now. Um, but it didn't make me feel comfortable going into the second map. Like the shock do cap the first like map, but going into map two, I was like, okay, yeah, this is not, this is not going to be an easy ride. Um, as we like watch through the rest of it, like there's just so much, it, it felt once again, like the first maps that they play are super scrappy. Like there's just so many fights going on and like, they're just, throwing stuff here and there. Um, and the way how the shock play it is like, they, they look scrappy. They look like everything's being thrown out, but they're calculating what you're throwing at them and then just countering back. Um, and that's how they end up winning Oasis. They, they force the dragons to play kind of in a way where they're flustered and like pushing forward a little bit too much. And then they just punish them off of, off of that. Um, so yeah, uh, Shockwood map one, um, Oasis map two. So Hollywood, um, this this was a really standard play if if you look at it. Um, both these teams played really scrappy. They they played pushed pushed the car the way how they wanted to, uh, and it worked out in their favor. Um, Sam one did really well, um, except he gets punished way too much. Uh, there there's a moment there's a thin line that my coach my coach put this on like a t-shirt and he made you wear it uh if you if you messed up too much um there's a thin line between feeding and flanking (laughs) and the best players will know how to straddle that line well um sam one would not say stan one knew that line yeah yeah yeah. He, he was on the wrong side of that line this entire game it's unfortunate uh if you if you watch the replays it's you have to know how far and how much you can get away with. Um, and Sam one just took a little bit too far. We, we said, dip your toes in the pool and he's already like cannonballing in. And, and uh, yeah, that leads to old batteries, which leads to uh, making it a very difficult. Um, it, it just makes it very hard for their attack later on. So um He's they also did. alone though, which is like even yeah. even if as the Roadhog, even if you do get that one kill that you want, you're still dead. Like the rest of the yeah. team is still there to kill you. You don't have a support to like get you out of there. Yeah, it, it's one of those things where it's high risk, not so great reward. <laughs> uh it's cool to get a pick, right? Like if you can get a pick on, for example, their Zen, which is the main thing that um that sam one was trying to do if you hook the zen and you kill the zen like you're good you get that kill. but then you're 1v5 the rest of the team right 
And then yeah. Mercy just comes in and reses that. Like, you're not getting value out of your hooks. Like, you, it's better to just play it as a team, wait for somebody to try to leave, and then hook them back in. Um, so, honestly, it's just a different play style. Like, the way how the shock play is a unit. When you're not playing as a unit, you're getting punished. Um, and you're getting slapped. And that's what happened here. Like, Stan 1 thought he can be a hero. Um, and there was no hero... There was no hero play being played here. Um, it was just unfortunate to watch. So, yeah, if you want if you want a good example of what not to do with Hog, uh, I don't, I don't want to say like just stare at this, but just like know your limit. Um, yeah, they they did show a little bit better when they were on attack. They were pushing quite well, but once again, Shock are just able to hold this off quite well. So, um, yeah, they end up winning that. It was closer. Um, they're definitely making him fight for it. Um, then we get to Volskaya. Um, I have a feeling this is something that we saw quite a bit throughout the weekend. Um, the shock will go up the first two maps and then they'll just be like, uh, for like the next two. And then I'm sweating. I'm in a pool of sweat and I don't know if they're going to win the last map. So (laughs) we go to map number three, which is Volskaya, um, is, a very interesting map. This one, they, they took a long time to make it work, but the dragons at this point have started to really make things click. So their first push, um, yeah, they, they cap with a little less than five minutes at, at the end of that. So they, they just go quick. They, they go fast and they push. Um, and then the shotgun attack, um, they're able to make it all the way to the end. Uh, but yeah, the dragons are starting to find a little bit of a way of stopping um, Striker and Violet for from really just like abusing their backline, and they use that quite well. Um, the shock are able to cap with a minute twelve at the end, um, but once again, like that that's just really rough to to get underway. So the shock have to attack again. Um, they they try to get on point, um, but. They, they don't get a lot done. And it was just a really good hold by the Dragons. And at that point, the Dragons just had to make sure to cap a little bit with a little less than, you know, five minutes, which that's like two full old fights. And they, they should have had that. So they do take it quick. And they're just like, that's fine. Um, the Shock uh, weren't 100% there in terms of like, competing at the same time bank you know um when the bank is not in your favor it's just really difficult to win so uh yeah the dragons end up taking volskaya now we move on to gibraltar um this this was just uh a really interesting thing to to watch like as the as the dynasty or start or not the dynasty the dragons are starting to warm up like they're starting to feel it now. Uh, they, they get one win. Uh, even Titans can bleed, and they made them bleed here. On Gibraltar, they, the shock were starting to, like, not find proper plays to, like, execute, or they were off by half a second um, when, it come to, when it came to, like, focusing down things. Um, and they got punished quite a bit. Um, but, yeah, the, the shock had a hard time of just keeping momentum going in their favor. Um, and trying to stop the push. 
um, going into, you know, the final phase. When the Shock had to play, the Shock were playing defense first. Um, the Dragons end up capping it all the way to the end. Um, and then point flip, need to just get it over the first line. Um, yeah, they couldn't even make it to the first point. It was just like unorganized. They were just, I, I don't know how else to describe it other than the shock were getting outplayed here. Um, good picks by good picks by the snipers in the back line and the tanks were just able to absorb every hit. So, um, yeah, the shock actually this map like three, three Oh. So it was kind of a, like a big halt to me, like watching this. And so as a shock fan, I'm like sweating like crazy. Um, as we go on to Busan, Busan's the last map. And I'm like, okay, these guys literally just lost all momentum going into this last map. And uh, I'm, I'm out here eating, eating nuggets and crying inside. Um, and I was like, okay, it's, it's, it's Busan. Like, this should be an okay uh, map if you decide to play, if you decide to match the snipers, even though the other side was already warmed up. Uh, so, yeah, they, they get into the first one, um, which is Sanctuary, which is the one with the drum. Uh, the shot cap quite, uh, quite quickly. Um, and then the dragons flip it over. Um, and yeah, they, they just, the, the shock just use better execution going into this. They, they just found something when it came after losing the first two, they're just like, all right, we have to turn it on. So they turned it on here. Uh, sanctuary was just really clean, uh, in terms of their execution and then mecha base, um, the way how they play this, when you look on paper, you're like, okay, Widow Tracer um, with a ball and Sigma. This is just like a really weird like composition overall. Um, but the Shock just started finding a lot of good picks. Um, and yeah, the Dragons started off really strong, um, able to cap first. But later on, like the momentum of the Shock, they just started finding it. Uh, later down the line and yeah the shock end up moving into the finals um and yeah the dragons have to fight the soul dynasty uh to see if they can make their way back into the finals an interesting thing about that is that the dynasty are going into this just having played the philly fusion so um i expected them to play a little worse than they actually did like because they they played a three oh against the fusion like they did win 3-0 but like the i i didn't watch it but i would hope the philly fusion weren't just a warm-up for them you know yeah if anything like it it gets kind of weird in this field here because you have you have uh the the dynasty who are just coming off of a a win versus you know the philly fusion versus a game that literally just happened and then um like the the dragons have to regroup and re like they have to reset mentally versus you know the uh the dynasty i honestly really had the dragons winning this i i don't know how the i i really in the end like I, we know how they won but i just i never would have expected the dynasty to pull through here 
I was surprised they even made it this far. I thought that the Philly Fusion were going to take him out first round. But here we are, Dragons Fusion, or Dragons Dynasty lower bracket finals. So they start on Busan. Um, this one was a uh, – they went to all three maps here. Uh, I figured – this was a lot of figuring out how the teams were playing. Like the, the Dragons and the Dynasty have played before. It's not like the Shock and the Dragons game where you still have to learn the style of the other – regions team uh they've no they know how they play but just figuring out how they're playing in this meta um so the first one soul capped it uh due to a c9 because of um just how it went the dragons didn't touch point they were too busy fighting off the point to make space to then they forgot to make sure that they were triggering that overtime. so technically that first one was a bungle on their part. I will say that DM was an absolute monster on his um, his Widowmaker. Uh, moving over to Sanctuary again. This is the one with the uh, the big old drum. I feel like the uh, the dragons realize that if you focus down gesture, then the Soul Dynasty don't really have a center. They don't really have enough damage to pump out. So this is where the dragons start taking advantage of that weakness. Um, so they win that round. And then moving on to Mecha Base, um, it, it went to 99 to 99. OT, it, it, the flip to 99 happened. Um, the Dragons did win it in the end. Uh, so I feel like this was very close, but in the end, the Dragons did have a little bit better play. I think they lost the first map due to technicality. Moving over to King's Row, um, the dynasty won this one. They recover from whatever mental boom they had the first round. And it's just full aggression. Um, this is where you see the dynasty, I think have a lot better usage of their ultimates um, gesture who I think was, like I said, he was a identified as a weakness when you're playing on Busan, he really comes out and gets a lot of really good um, hook kills. He uses his whole hog very effectively to clear space off the point. Um, this one, they both did cap. So, uh, they moved to a, a round two take. Um, I think that, yeah, I guess, again, gesture and the dynasty's alt usage really, um, stabilized here. And that's what won them this map. Moving on to Volskaya. Um, the, I think the dragons here, they get back to their, um, their coordinated, grouped-up synergy. Um, DM goes in the very back for a, a really, really, really cheeky Widow Flank. Um, I think that, that from the beginning throws the Dynasty off their game because now they're having to watch for weird, creative, wonky strategies. Um, it gives them, it gives the, the Dragons the ability to focus on whatever they're doing and just use that to push forward. The Dynasty are playing spread out across the map. There's really no synergy from them. Um, I think the key to this map was um, discipline and diligence. The Dragons held point two pretty easily. Um, and yeah, so moving to Dorado. I, I, I don't understand this map because so somehow when the Dragons are attacking, like Soul are playing very much on the back foot from the beginning. They don't really have an ability to, to hold them as far forward as they'd like to. So after like a first 
couple of skirmishes the uh the soul dynasty are holding at the choke underneath that little bridge but like that's literally pretty much as far as the cart goes after that after they um they're able to use that defensive positioning the dragons really can't get anywhere near the point and the uh the, the dragons just lose right there and then on the dynasty's attack they have that really really easy win condition and they just don't die and push the point i i don't i honestly don't understand how this map went out but it went it ended in that win for the dynasty then we get to oasis this is it this is the end um and again gesture goes from being a a big old target to being a, a playmaker uh the dynasty just use their alts use creates use dragons to create space um use whole hog to push things away and they win it so somehow the dragons do not make it to the finals like all of us predicted and then now we have our grand finals finals match the soul dynasty versus the san francisco shock um this was two to four um again like kevin said the shock have this habit of winning two losing two then sweeping to finish um what do you think of, of this as our grand finals? I again I didn't expect it to be the dynasty. Uh I, I totally agree. I thought that we were gonna see, you know, the shock versus uh versus the dragons, because they they were the top of their region and the fact that the shock had flexibility to go into it. Um I thought, you know, that, that was just the way I was gonna play out. I was really surprised how well soul did um oh yeah and if you want to look at this in you know the grand scheme of things it is season one like grand finals winners versus season two grand finals winners so this is kind of the the determining factor of saying like okay who is like if not the best this the season who's the best in the league like who who's the best history wise um, mm-hmm. And this was just kind of the way how, uh, you know, the shock were able to solidify that. Right. So we start on Oasis, right? And we start on Gardens. This is very close. This is a, a 199 cap. It's flipping back and forth. Um, I honestly thought that the, uh, what are they called? The, the dynasty were going to be able to cap it, but uh, a, a last big push from the shock using ults gets the flip for them and they are able to hold um moving on to city center uh this was very clearly the shocks map to win they placed a lot of pressure on gesture and the healers um whereas the last map again was 199 this was a cap for the san francisco shock 100 to zero so a very very strong start a very strong start for the san francisco shock um now we move on to king's row uh they they had a the shock had a little bit of trouble on their attack getting to the the point at first that a little bit very little bit of trouble um they teleport to the high ground um there's a little bit of fighting but in the end they get it fairly easily after a little bit of skirmishing killing off the tanks um they go and start pushing it to point two um they after after this like their initial hold the dynasty doesn't really get a hold here at all 
they kind of just give up point two for free. Uh, then moving on to point three, they had five minutes and 39 seconds to get this. Uh, the shock push in the dynasty get like temporary hold, but the shock restabilize and um, the shot at the very end, the shock pushed in with a transcendence dumped their alts, kept the dynasty at the spawn and capped with a minute and 17 seconds. The, when the dynasty attack, they have a little bit more trouble getting into point one than the, uh, the shock did, but eventually in overtime, after both sides trade out their ults, they're able to finally cap. Um, they push point two, starting with two minutes. They get it with 59 seconds in the bank, two minutes, 29 seconds to get point three. They're right about to get it at the end. They're really, really, really close, but the shock get three kills and then whole hog from super to prevent anyone from touching the point. So this was a very close map, but I think just last minute execution from the shock was better. Plus the time bank that the shock had at the beginning, they had so much more time to play with, which really helped them finish and set a time that the uh, dynasty needed to beat, but weren't able to. Um, Hanamura. So this is the first time that the San Francisco shock lose on Hanamura all season. The dynasty won this. This was a, uh, a pretty much a C9. They won this with a C9 on the point two with, um, for the dynasty. So they won it with 11 seconds. There was a really, really, really tense fight towards the very end. Um, the shock got three kills, but gesture got rezzed. Um, then just a lot of alt dumping. And while this fight was going on, um, the San Francisco shock were all spread out off the point and they just weren't able to touch before the, uh, the, the point was capped. Um, but during the shocks attack, they had a very, very strong point one cap, but on point two, they had four minutes and 17 seconds to, to get something here, but they just couldn't the shock really weren't able to figure out how to break through again gesture going really insane with his uh his hog profit on hanzo was really really key on getting good sniper picks to stop pushes from going in and the dynasty cap this um gibraltar was another really sad performance i would say from the shock just like the um like their performance against the dragons they didn't really I don't feel like they had a good strategy for Gibraltar. Um, again, this is another time where the other team's time bank really helped the winner. Um, on point two of Gibraltar, the dynasty were able to set up on top of the shuttle and profit on his Hanzo was a huge threat. So the shock weren't really able to even get inside the hangar. They just let them have it for free. Um, a lot of again the dynasty have a lot of really good alt usage and they use that here to um to make a lot of space especially with dragons and whole hog that space leads to point pushing and they cap um with 18 seconds left the shock on their attack they're pretty much held on the high ground for point one an interesting thing is that the uh, the dynasty were going genji which none, no one really expected because right now the, the dominant meta is the double sniper, but it worked out. Like he got some good nanoblade kills. This was a, I believe Prophet, yeah, was on his Genji. So it worked. They, they full held the San Francisco shock. 
But moving on to Busan, um, Profit and Gesture, again, are the only, I think they're the main reason why the uh, Soul Dynasty are doing as well as they are. Profit is getting kill after kill from the distance, which makes a lot of space, which allows Gesture to come in and clean up with his, his, his um, hog. But the, I think compared to the versatility of the San Francisco Shock and their synergy and their ability to fight, I think, more coordinated, um, they just couldn't come up. I think the San Francisco Shock have the tendency facing the, at least with the APAC teams, to look a little worse in the first rounds of this, but at, towards the very end of these these maps, they they get some like last minute really good pushes, um, like 199. They'll come in, they'll they'll flip it and they'll cap it. So that's that's essentially Busan. Just late pushes from the shock, get good value, get the capture. Um, and I feel like it's considering that this last map is Hollywood. I feel like this was a, an appropriate place to end just because it's like. I think this was like a photo finish for the San Francisco shock. Um, the shock weren't able to finish their push on their attack. They get very, very close, but um, towards the very end, the spawn advantage of the dynasty was just too much. A lot of, again, fits making a lot of space with the dragons, a lot of good alt usage, same, same story. But when the dynasty are attacking, they're not able to make, for whatever reason, they're not able to really make any inroad into the point until the very end. They cap it with six seconds. So two minutes and 36 seconds to move the point. But at this point, the shock are just so well positioned that the cart never really moves. And at the very end, you see um, the, the dynasty lose four of their team. And then just as a, a screw you, super uses the whole hog to prevent like, anybody from even thinking and getting to the point and now your san francisco shock are your two-time overwatch league champions yeah when i was looking at this last map um and the highlights in particular when it came to um just using widow on that on the last like push for his soul they couldn't set up the widow um it made it so much harder for them to actually like get anything done so the fact that the San Francisco Shock were able to position themselves well enough to just really prevent a push from happening. Um, it's just the way how it was going to be played out. So uh, Stryker got the grand finals MVP for the San Francisco Shock. I actually think it, I would have given it more towards Super and Ons, I think. It's kind of a weird like selection. I don't, I don't know how they, how they came up with it, but like Stryker did really well. Um, oh yeah, I'm not. I'm not in, in his own highlight. Well. Yeah, it's just like I do feel like Super and Ons had more impact um, going into this, but yeah, it's just it was a long series. It was relatively relatively well. So um, yeah, I'm I'm really happy that you know Stryker takes home Finals MVP. Um, I I think Sinatra tweeted immediately afterwards. Um, let me let me just make sure because. Um, I remember, I remember this happening later. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's a, it's, a, it's not really a safe for work tweet, but he was like, "Yeah, I knew the boys would win this. Uh, easy AF. Uh, congrats 
to the shock and also Stryker, uh new best DPS in the world. He's deserved MVP. So yeah, we know that Sinatra is definitely watching still. Like he's still invested in his teammates and how well uh, they're doing. So it's just really, it's, re- it's just really cool to see that he's supporting them. Who do you, out, out of like, like we were, we were talking about how these metas and these compositions stacked up head to head. Who do you think, like out of all the, the players and the characters, what do you think was the most impactful pick here? I do think, once again, like, Ans just having the sight lines on Hollywood really won that. Um, it, it's just weird. Like, every single time that, like, we see them play through, they end up, like, switching certain things. Um, you know, you see you see Hammond and, and Sigma showing up on occasion. It's just, like, uh, I, I just feel like it was just a good team effort from both of these teams. Like, mm-hmm. if anything, I feel like, the shock are really strong and considering that they're keeping everything together. Um, I, I hope that they just match whatever, whatever off gets offered, just match it, please. Uh, <laughs> just resign the man. Uh, I, I don't think I can go another season without having moth on either his Lucio or his mercy. It's just too good not to keep on the team. Right. Um, right. So I, I see this as like just getting a more competitive offer right now. Um, and I hope the shock pick them up, but we're at the point where I'm watching all of this and I would love to see once again, I want to see soul up at the top, even if it takes like, if it takes them to get Jay Hong back or to recruit like some crazy other pieces to make it happen. I, I wouldn't mind seeing it, but yeah, the, this whole game was just really great to watch just it, it was a treat if you wanted to see what you know season one overwatch versus season two Overwatch looks like uh this is this is it at its peak yeah i think for me like i did really appreciate the uh the double sniper play i would i would have liked mm-hmm. to see a little bit more variation on the dps line but this was some really excellent counter sniping on both sides i think what was most interesting for me was just how important the 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 roadhogs were because like i mm-hmm. it felt like soul are just completely built around gesture and when gesture does well the team does well when gesture's being nerfed and taken out and just completely mitigated the team doesn't do well um i feel like the shock were a little bit better rounded so that it didn't completely hinge upon their roadhog but again their roadhog being super like was still hugely impactful and was just so key in getting that quick pick combo, getting out healing, going back in for more damage. So just Roadhog play all around was a surprise for me. Yeah, and you just have to watch what these Roadhog players do as well. Like, um, it's not always about getting getting the pick early. Um it's it's also about just repositioning and being able to use your body more as a shield rather than like just taking it as face value. Like you don't always have to frag out twenty four seven. You can you can use it to support your team and uh, tank for your other tank as well. So overall thoughts of the grand finals this year, Kevin. Um, it, once again, it's just a really good uh, good showcase of Overwatch talent. Um. 
kind of glad no DJ Khaled. Uh, <laughs> Zed would have been cool, but you know, we we don't need to do that. Um, it, you know, any any form of like full thing would have been kind of weird. So I'm glad that they kind of made do with what they had for this season. Um, I'm glad that we had an end. We had a for sure winner. Um, and we're able to just like announce that now we don't have to just, we don't have to speculate on who would have been the top. Um, Mm -hmm. we have a definitive answer. Yeah. I was, again, I'm surprised like how much people touted the, uh, the Shanghai Dragons compared to how rough of a season the dynasty had. I, I would never have expected the Seoul dynasty to perform as well as they did. And I think, like I said, it, it just proves that the old guys from the beginning of the league, Gesture, Profit, Toby, and all of them, they've still got it. Yeah, I feel like, if anything, this just shows how important experience is when it comes to the league. Like, mm-hmm. you're not going to have somebody just pop up out of nowhere and be a god, right? Like, it's going to take some time. It is going to take some time to make this work. So, um, I hope that... Uh, if you are going to be joining into a team, don't expect yourself to be the best right off the bat. Like it will take time. Your entire team needs to like figure out what they need to do. Um, so yeah, just remember like winning takes time. It's not something that happens overnight. Um, you just need to play it slow and teamwork makes the dream work for sure. Um, and with that, we are now into the off season for the Overwatch League. Yay! <laughs> off wow. season. Uh, we're uh, prepare for the record breaking longest off season yet. Oh dear. Yeah, we're probably not going to restart until either March or April. Uh, after Overwatch Two, we will see. Do you think that introducing Overwatch 2 might have an impact on how the the league comes back? Or is it just kind of, since it's mostly going to be the same uh, with just a couple of, like a a game mode edition, maybe some new maps and maybe a couple more heroes, is it just mostly going to be the same? I think it's just going to be the same, just prettier. I mean, they are running on a better engine than they were uh, prior. So I just want to see, like, obviously newer graphics, obviously newer characters when we get them, um, and to just see what they can give us, you know? I don't want to just... I don't want to just have Overwatch League Volume 2. I want to have, you know... I want them to showcase push mode a little bit more. I want them to show us like what we could expect from Overwatch 2 as a game uh, rather than just saying, okay, we're just remaking the Overwatch League. What do you think that they did well this season that we can take over into season four? What we can, what was done well? I like the format. I do like the tournament format. Monty was right. Uh, tournament formats tournament arcs in general are just good um bring those back have like you know your mid-season tournaments and stuff but at the same time just like 
I I want push mode to be like included more rather than just like as is. Like I know we replace just map five with push mode, but it, it's going to be insane to see um, when it does come out. I just want to see everything come back, uh, just with once again better graphics, and then not only better graphics, but just like a better system for like showing us what's going on. You know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Is do we have any final closing words of the official? Uh... <laughs> end of season 10 well not the end of season two but the end of the uh gameplay coverage for season two for our podcast uh yeah it was it was a good stupidly long season uh but it was a good season nonetheless we were able to just see everything that goes down i would say uh support tier two if they have more tournaments i don't i don't know i don't know what's going on there um and yeah just enjoy the overwatch things that we're gonna have where we have to first of all we have to survive not just the rona uh we have to get through this halloween event then we have i don't know they're gonna do something in replacement of what blizzcon would have taken up you know um event wise because at the end of that we're supposed to get you know the holiday event like usually there there's a middle thing to kind of fill in the void. So maybe we'll get something. I don't know. Uh we'll see. Overall, good season 3. Um we'll see how free agency shakes up and just keep playing Overwatch. Get your friends together and have fun. And with that, thanks for joining us this week. It's been a it was a long two episodes. There's a lot to cover. Um, we'll be back at you next week with some uh, new Overwatch stuff. And uh, hopefully during the offseason, we'll try to get some guests on the show. Got some, Hopefully got some ideas and people are stuck in Ronas. So we can probably hopefully get some people to talk to us. So yeah, thanks everybody. And we'll catch you next week. Next week, we cover any news that we find from the world of Overwatch. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms, and follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. Questions or comments? Please send us an email at believeinowl at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at Believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. 
Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.